Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, Charles. How are you? Doing great. Super excited to be on with you today. I know we've been talking about getting on together for a little bit, so very pumped to be here today. I am so excited to have you, Charles. My goodness. I remember like the first time I met you and like Sheila introduced us. I was like, I love this guy. He's so great. (laughs) That's awesome. So great. And I'm like, now today I get to hear like the full story of all the things. So I'm beyond excited. So thank you so much for being here, Charles. My pleasure. So I'll start you off with my most loaded question. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Wow. And inspiration. I've pulled inspiration from a lot of different places. My path has been fairly focused with some variation, but uh, honestly, I would say if I could really roll it back to like the heart tug, my greatest inspirations always come from my mom, you know, single mom, saw her get kind of the, the raw deal with the marriage, divorce and separation and all that stuff. I was raised by a single mom, saw the struggles, saw the, the successes and saw that everything she did was self-earned self-accomplished, nothing was given to her. So my inspiration for my path has been a lot of just trying to make my mom proud, to be honest with you. And uh, now I find myself at a point in life that I I am a single 100% custody dad. I guess that's not one of the things you really want to see come full circle, but I have even more admiration for the path that she showed me. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've started my professional career when I was 18. I realized that you know, college wasn't really the path I was going to follow. I, I went to school, did that, but uh, I think I was a fourth year freshman. So I decided I, it, was, it wasn't the path for me, but she gave me my introduction into the professional space. She's in the real estate business as well. And uh, so at 18, I really had already realized that I didn't, wasn't really sure what I was going to school for. And so I was inspired by her and followed the the family business. And and so, yeah, I mean, in an overgeneralized response, my mother is a, has a lot to do with the, uh, the inspiration for the path that I've traveled. Beautiful, Charles. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing that. She sounds like an absolute powerhouse, that woman. And, you know, she is. real estate just like beasting it. Like, dang, you go, girl. That's right. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So Charles, like as a kid, like what did you want to be when you grew up? What was like your dream? <laughs> I mean, of course I was going to be a pro athlete at something. And then middle school and high school came around and said, maybe not, maybe that's not what you're going to be. Uh, I mean, when I was younger, I was a hundred percent positive. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be a second baseman for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, there was no way. And then in middle school, I was bigger than everybody. Right. And so I was also going to be a world class football NFL player. And so then the size I had in middle school, when I got to high school, I didn't get any bigger. And these kids got monstrous. And so I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to have to do something with my brain. I'm not sure what that's going to be. But unfortunately, the athlete aspirations fell apart for me pretty quick in life. And so honestly, after high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I knew, sadly, I knew the academic path wasn't really going to be my path. I mean, 
tried my best to be knowledgeable as, as I possibly could, but that higher level, it just never really resonated with me. And again, I saw my mom being very successful in business and not having a college degree. And so I, from the age of 18, my mind shifted straight into career very early. I've been on this path in a very connected uh, position to what I do now since I was 18. So, you know, I'm 25, 26 years in the game now at this point. And so after I realized that my athletic abilities stopped in middle school, I realized that I need to get my act together. And so that's when uh, at 18, just shortly after graduating high school and, you know, a failed attempt at college, I jumped right into the real estate game myself. Incredible. <laughs> well, it's incredible that you did that. Cause the thing is like society gives us these things and these standards are like, if you don't go to college and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're seeing it reversed a lot more now too, but especially like when I was growing up, it was like, if you didn't go to college, like you're not doing anything with your life. Right. That was the message I got. It's honestly why I had, I think the narrative starting to shift a little bit. I think, you know, look, I think college is great. Right. And I think there's certain applications that, you know, very specialized doctors, lawyers, architects, engineers, the higher level is absolutely necessary. I struggled with seeing why I needed a business degree, right? You know, to come out and make my little money or whatever. But I think the narrative has started to shift. But when I was 18, the narrative had not shift. You did not get a quality job without a four-year degree. You did not. That was even if in the job had nothing to do with your area of study. It's like you had to have that. And I do think with the the way things are changing and, and way people are learning and different opportunities, I think that narrative is starting to shift. But yeah, I mean, that, that was something I struggled with, which is why failure was not an option for me, right? Because I did not have that four-year degree to fall back on. I had to succeed. I had to. And so you basically just dove right into real estate. Yeah. At, at 18. So I actually started in the, the mortgage space at first. And wow. uh, again, my mother was in real estate. She didn't want to work with me. <laughs> and I understand why. But she set me up with some people that she knew in the business that could kind of take me under their wing, show me the ropes. And I actually spent the first three years of my career in the mortgage space, learning three different areas of mortgage finance, you know, traditional stuff, FHA, VAs. And that was back when there was a lot of exotic stuff, option arms, no docs, Nina's, all sorts of crazy stuff stuff and then just regular conventional. So I spent each of my first three years in that space learning as much as I could. And before I actually made my shift into the, to the dark side and actually selling real estate, that kind of was my first three years in the game was my master's degree in real estate. And that path suited me well, because, you know, as a lot of new agents get started in the business, their focus is usually buyers initially. And so what I found was I spent three years. So now I'm 18, 19, 21 years old in the, it's the sales space. And I was able to connect with every buyer on a different level. I knew what they were going through on the financial side. I could speak the talk with them. You know, how many times have we heard people say, well, why do they need this? Why are they asking me for that? And I could literally break down the process for them. And it made my first quite a few transactions like buttery smooth. I mean, just because being able to talk the talk with them made all the difference in the world. So while I didn't jump directly into sales, having that mortgage background really made sure that when I did get licensed, it just, it just took off. That's amazing. Well, being in the mortgage space beforehand versus like the agency space, what did you not like about the mortgage side of things? Because I know there's some people that are unlike, they're like, that's the dark side. We don't want to be there. You know, we want to be on the... <laughs> You know what the worst part of it was is having to tell somebody they didn't qualify. 
I hated that. I absolutely hated that, even though many times the reason we don't qualify for something is 100% self-inflicted, right? But I, I've always been a people pleaser. I, telling somebody, no, that's not that's not inside me. I didn't like that. Back then, I would love to tell you that it was like this super hard thing, but the reality was back in the 90s, like 97, 98, when I got involved, it was a different process back then. So, I mean, it wasn't even really that hard. I would say that was a big thing I didn't like. I didn't like telling people no. And then quite honestly, again, seeing my mom on the other side, it's a different pay structure as well. So it wasn't that really I had a bad experience in the mortgage space. I knew that was never really going to be my path. It was 100% strategic for me. I needed to learn what the process was and the best way I figured I could learn it was to get into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always said, you know, one of the, <laughs> and I can say this cause I love all my realtor people, but I always said, you know, one of the hardest things about being a mortgage person was, was dealing with the realtor. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> because, you know, they're trying to take care of their client there. And so literally all the heat comes down on the mortgage professional a lot of times. And so that's why I was, I was like, man, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. So I just figured I, I couldn't beat them. So I had to join them. Right. And so that's, that's when I made my shift. <laughs> awesome. And I mean, being that young and getting into the business, like it's a whole nother, whole nother game. Like what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned in the beginning? I mean, I know that your mom obviously was in real estate too. So that yeah. was a huge, amazing model for you, but like things that you had to learn personally, because what I've learned is like both my parents were entrepreneurs, but it wasn't until I became one that I was like, Oh crap, this is uh Different. Completely, <laughs> completely. I think one of the biggest shifts for me really didn't have much to do with what I was doing, but it, it was the pr- fact that there was processes that had to be followed. So again, I wasn't what we would call an academic in school. So having to learn the organization that is needed to actually handle somebody's finances, to be able to realize that the blonde streaks and the earring that I had were not the best look for me to be the young guy trying to get started in the business. So I think the the hardest lessons I had to really learn had less to do with the business and more to do with just general business, right? Just realizing that there was ways things needed to be done. There was processes and flows. And and then this game can be appearance-based. And I don't mean you got to look a particular way, but the appearance I had to overcome immediately was the fact that everybody could look at me and tell that I was not experienced personally in the space I was trying to operate in professionally. I was like, like I said, I started when I was 18, 19 years old. How many houses could I have really bought? at that point in my life. You know, so when I first got into the game, I didn't own a house. I didn't, you know, I hadn't done walked the walk personally. So it was like the the hardest obstacles were I had to overcome my age. I had to overcome my lack of experience personally in that space. And I had to throw myself all in on professionalism to get people to look beyond the fact that I was younger than their children in many cases. And, but then once we got past those first couple of years, first two or three years, all of a sudden I had as much experience in the business as most people. I mean, let's face it, the real estate game, as much as we love it, usually has about a five-year attrition rate, right? Not everybody's in it five years after they start. And so after I had been in for three years, I was kind of like an old man on the block at 21 years old. And so over time, the age became less and less of an obstacle, maybe at first glance, right? But there I found a little bit of success. So I started wearing suits and having nice outfits and all that. So I did all the things I needed to maybe avoid the age question initially. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've been in it five, six years and 
nobody questioned anything anymore because I was, like I said, I'd been in the office longer than most people at that point. Yeah. So it was just a, a slow grind realizing that it was, for me, it was less about learning things in the business, mainly just learning to take ownership of who I was and to realize that if I was going to make it, it was going to be on me and on my shoulders. And there was nobody to blame. There was nobody to blame if it didn't work out. And so I took that mindset threw myself in fully. And it was the foundation of, of what's become a very, very robust and very diverse career. I love that, Charles. I love that. And I mean, because you've expanded out to so many different things, but I mean, Listen, we all have our trials and tribulations in life. What were some of the biggest challenges or the biggest challenge that you've ever really encountered, whether it be in business or or in life? Yeah, that's actually an easy one for me to speak to. My biggest challenge in life has not been that in the business world. It has been, uh, again, personal. Shortly after I got started in the in the real estate business, been in it for a few years, I was living life all wrong, to be honest with you. I, I was a young guy found myself uh, in a circle of people that were significantly older than me. I had some change in my pocket. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself trying to look like I should be a part of a different circle, right, financially. And so I ended up partying a lot. It was, you know, I was trying to look like I had more money than I had, to be honest with you. And so I found myself in a circle of people that was constantly trying to impress, trying to look like I was older. And that led me down a very dark path. Couple of years after I had been in the game, I was out in a, a boat in uh, in Orange Park, Florida. We had been boating all the wrong way that day, and we had had some beverages and all sorts of fun stuff. And we ended up crashing that boat. We'd been out on the water all day long, and as we were heading back uh, to the boat, the uh, driver lost control, and we ended up putting. There was a really sharp left hand turn that we needed to make that we did not make, and we ended up hitting a cedar stump on the side of the bank and literally launching the boat out of the water and put it, you know, 10, 15 feet up in some trees. That was the very first time in life I made the news. It was not a great review. <laughs> Uh, because we we got a pretty scathing review, as we should have. And that particular boat crash uh, literally changed everything in my life. It was the most profound moment of my life. I'm the only person that I've ever heard of that almost died from a broken leg. But my leg was not just broken. It was quite honestly destroyed. And that started a very long healing process. I had the, I, like I said, I think I'm the only person I've ever heard of that got life flighted with a broken leg. <laughs> um, but it was a sub substantial break. And I ended up having to stay out in the swamp for several hours while my friends swam until they found somebody's backyard to call up paramedics and all that stuff. That particular crash changed everything. I went from somebody that was up and coming, that was finding my own way in life to within a moment's, moment's notice, I was unable to take care of myself. I was in the hospital for altogether about four months. You know, to this day, I have four inches of somebody else's bone in my leg, all sorts of metal. I'm, I'm a lot of fun with metal detectors. But in that moment, I thought my career was over. I thought it was absolutely over. And I was I had the, the wonderful benefit of being surrounded by some really great people that in those initial couple months when I was in the, in the hospital, my friends and colleagues found ways to keep my business going. And when I say keep my business going, I mean, 100 percent charity doing my business for me. And because of that, I didn't have some of the financial hardships I would have had. Now, I did ultimately at that time, I had acquired my first home. I did sell that house and I moved back home with da, 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 my mom. And she had to take care of me for a while because I was 
I didn't just have a broken leg. I had like a messed up leg for almost two years. The prognosis was they wanted to get me on a prosthetic as fast as possible because there was some infections. I mean, not to get too graphic or anything, but it was it was about as bad of a leg break as one could possibly have and still retain their leg. And so that started about a two and a half year healing process. I was on crutches for two years. Uh, non-weight bearing for over a year and a half. And then after that, I had to walk around with a cane for another year after that. But no, let me tell you, fam, once I was on the cane, I, that was a huge success for me because, you know, I went and got all sorts of fancy canes, chrome handles, you know, they had to match my suits because I was still a young guy and, you know, trying to look sharp around the office. But, <laughs> but so many things came from that crash. Like I said, it really was one of the most profound things that have ever happened in my life because one, I almost died. And why did I almost die? 100% self-inflicted. I was doing all the wrong things, living life all the wrong way. And I always say, uh, and as I mentioned it earlier, it was the very first time in my life that I had to learn a lesson the hard way. And, you know, my mom always said at some point, you're going to learn a lesson the hard way. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. But the reality was I realized what she meant. I put myself in that position. I allowed that to happen. And everybody says, told me, oh man, that, and you, you were heading back to the dock. Oh my gosh, y'all almost made it. I'm like, thank God we didn't make it. Just because we made it back to the boat doesn't mean we were any less embarrassing as this is to say we were any less intoxicated. What would have happened had we put that boat on that trailer and we got on the road? We could have killed somebody that night. So I, I was very fortunate that the the mess that we created was contained. And I was actually the only one in that entire group that even got hurt. Everybody else was perfectly fine and walked away and it, it changed my life forever. And so that moment, uh, although it has nothing to do with real estate, has nothing to do with my career, it has become the foundation of how I live my life. I realized that in a moment's notice, you always hear this, but in a moment's notice, life could be over. I'd heard that a million times before, but I never really, it doesn't really resonate with it until it's your life that's almost over, until it's another life that you could almost take. Like I said, that was probably the most profound moment of my life. And so everything I did after that, it wasn't like, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and say from that point forward, everything was just perfectly executed. No, but from that point forward, every decision I've made has been <laughs> well considered, well thought out. Do I still do, do stupid stuff? Of course, I'm human. However, there is nothing that I do that is not considered, especially now that I've got a son. That I mean, he's he's my everything. I mean, literally, I everything I do is for my son, and you know, to realize that I could have, do something that could have a negative implication on him and his life, we're not doing that anymore. That moment set me off on a life of intention. It set me off on a a life of trying to think bigger, uh, think more clearer, and make sure that everything I do, I, I realize has consequences, and not that I'm going to live a life of fear by any means. But I am going to live a life that is uh, is well thought out. No more flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, so yeah, that's. Um, I mean, there's a lot of subsets to that story. I think we can probably leave it at that for this first time. But that moment changed everything. And if we really peeled back the layers of the onion that is my life, that is at the core of who I am and how I operate. Wow, Charles, thank you so much for for sharing that. I mean, that's. It's crazy when they do say that, you know, one moment could change everything. And it's like, that was everything. Cause I mean, your perspective, everything, mindset, everything in that moment 
shook you to the core. It absolutely did. And as you know, and I'm hopefully we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. A lot of what I do today is, you know, I'm still obviously in the real estate space, yeah. but, you know, shortly after that happened and I started really getting on a, a path of self-discovery, self-improvement, self-development, that led me ultimately to a life of fitness as well. Because as you can imagine, after two years, two and a half years of sitting on the couch, eat with a strict diet of Doritos and Percocet, my body became just trash and it, it wasn't good before. Right. And so one day as a part of my recovery process, I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized I hated who I had become. So I was trying to live this like enlightened life all of a sudden. But the reality was, is internally, I was still broken. I was damaged. I did not look at, even though I was trying to live a life a particular way, it's like I almost didn't believe my own stuff, right? Because when I, what I saw manifested in front of me was somebody that I wasn't happy with. But if we roll it back to the, what I said a moment ago about how others made sure that my business kept going, and I realized that people can actually care about other people selflessly, that was a big part of what changed inside of me. And it ultimately led me, when I got to the fitness space, it led to another little subset of my career was I had an opportunity to own and acquire and build a few gyms in Jacksonville, Florida. And I did that not because there's any money in the fitness space because there's not. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you're thinking about buying a gym, it's not a lucrative business. It's one of passion though. And so what led me down that path was not because I saw lifestyle of the rich and famous. It was because once I finally was able to fully get my head on straight with how I wanted to treat myself and treat my body and all that, I became very focused on helping other people find their journey and not trying to turn everybody into bodybuilders or anything like that. But, you know, that's a big mental block for a lot of people. And uh, so I wanted to make that that journey as palatable for other people as they could, because I knew once I got a hold of myself and I allowed myself to accept that there was a physical component to my recovery, not just mental, I wanted other people to experience that as well. So ultimately this, this crash led me to a life of fitness, led me to a life of helping others take control of their fitness. And then ultimately, again, what I really do in real estate now, I'm a, I'm a few years removed from actually selling real estate on a full time, but what I really enjoy doing is helping others take control of their life and their business. And so a big part of what I do currently is help others with their business. I'm in a very beautiful bubble in that if I help people take care of their life organically, my life is taken care of as well. And so it's this really amazing feel good that at the core is all about helping other people take control of their life also. So whether it's people wanting to learn how to sell a you know, gazillion dollars in real estate or want they want to know how to build a real estate business, uh, I get to help people. And so again, not to beat this crash to death, but if I roll it all the way back, that's some of the value that was instilled in me by not hearing about it, but watching people selflessly invest in me to make sure I could live a better life. And so everything I do is kind of me trying to pay that forward a little bit and help people live their best life, I guess, for lack of better words. Kind of crazy how it's all ties back to this one moment. Seriously, I love how it's so interconnected and like, it's absolutely beautiful. But I, I always say this though, that like, it's those cheerleaders in our lives that make all the difference, all the difference. Like those people that showed up for you and helped you through it selflessly with love and intention and all of that stuff. And just were like, you know what, you're going to get back on your feet. It's all good, but let it, let us help you. 
aside from my family, aside from my mother, I mean, there was plenty of people that played a role in, in my recovery. But professionally, there was one lady, I'm going to shout her out real quick, Vicki Walker. She was my old boss at the mortgage company I was working at at the time when all this had went down. She is single-handedly who said, nope, you're not falling today. And she took it upon herself to make sure that my business kept going. So the owner or the, the you know, I think she was a CEO of the company at the time. She's the one who decided you're not going to fall on my watch. And I mean, to this day, our lives, have, we're in different places now and doing different things. But, you know, every time she crosses my mind, I'll go and shout her out on Facebook or something like that. Like she don't even, I don't even think she realizes the impact that her voice and her involvement in my life had because Pam, at that moment, I, I could have followed a very common path. I could have spiraled out of control. I could have lost everything. I could have had my first foreclosure. I could have lost my career. I could have lost everything. I could have fallen into depression and let the Percocets get a hold of me. There were so many opportunities for me to fall into the wrong path or that's so easily followed. Like that path would have been so easy to fall into had I not had the support. So I, you know, I'm one thing I, I will never say is that I've accomplished anything that I've ever done on my own. Right. We all like to thump our own self-made, self-made. But the reality is behind anybody that is self-made has to be some level of support. I, I truly believe that. And I know there's some some just amazing people out there that have really just bootstrapped everything in their life that had nothing. I can't claim that I'm one of those. I, I absolutely had the support of some very just generous people, not even generous with money, but like just generous with belief that I was going to be okay and that I was worth investing in. And so I try my very best in all aspects of life, be it my friends, be it my colleagues, be it people that come to me for coaching or consulting, or even my child is to let them know that I, I support you. I see you and I believe in you because had somebody not done that for me, there's, there's honestly no telling where I would be right now. Absolutely. I love that, Charles. And I love that that's you right now. You're showing up for people. You're helping them live their best lives and like all of that and succeed and excel in their business, not just their business, but also their life, right? Because you've definitely helped me as well. You're like, bam, here's what I think on this and this and this great. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that elevates people and that takes them to a whole new level that, you know, could change their life, which then changes generations to follow sure. so on and so forth. So yeah. for you in what you do now, Charles, you know, in coaching others, what has been some of the most impactful work that you have done with that or some of some of the work that have really resonated with people that you've helped. There's several different paths we can follow there. You know, what I do, I mean, I, I am obviously still in the real estate space first and foremost. It is always, no matter where life takes me, real estate will always be my foundation that I stand upon. So a lot of the people that I have an opportunity to help are in that space. So, you know, impact for me is I try to separate the impact doesn't matter for me. It's how the impact is for the other person. And so some of the greatest things when I first got into coaching and, and helping people was I realized that initially those that I really were into helping couldn't afford to pay me. Right. So I did a lot of like pro bono uh, just because I had a desire to pay it forward. So some great impact 
was watching some people, if we roll it all the way down to the basic level, amazing impact for somebody else's life was watching them not have to have that second job to support their real estate business, offering them some tools that could instantly impact their life and allow them to stop working a million hours at this part-time job or full-time job and try to find time to do real estate on this other side. That's level one, right? Having Helping somebody lay the foundation to take control of their life as I've had the opportunity to take control of mine, that is amazing. And the impact for that person is so much greater for them because they're now in control of their destiny. But for me, that is such a feel good and organic feel good that, you know, it's just, there was no money in that for me. Right. But it was like, paid it forward, paid it forward. But then on a grander scale, I have helped uh, through my fitness space through a fitness journey for a while, I actually uh, was coaching. Not, I never really did um, like personal training, but because I had a business background, I helped other gym owners take control of their business, learn how to develop their customer base, learn that like every industry, we're fighting two things, customer attraction and customer retention. Everybody, we're all fighting that same battle, regardless what our product is. So watching people be able to support their family, be able to lay down processes to help them again, build you know their business, their franchises, whatever, even bigger, that's huge. And now what I do is, you know, I am very focused on helping people live a life of passive income, right? So I've got several people that I'm actively working with that we're on a journey to completely replace their day-to-day income with a recurring passive income over the next 36 months. And so having that ability to watch somebody realize that now, not that they necessarily want to take their foot off the gas pedal, but that they have the ability to get paid to wake up in the mornings you want to talk about a uh, an impact on someone's life is realizing that they've got this whole other income that's just going to show up every single month. Not, not easily, right? It, to have that lifestyle, it comes with a lot of intention, a lot of effort. But the reality is, is now I see that it's feasible. And so I've really enjoyed showing other people how to do that as well. And then once it goes from words and sounding good into somebody sending you a picture of a check they received or a deposit that shows up in their bank account, that is like the best feeling in the world. One for them, they're happy, they're on cloud nine. But for me, it's like, once again, I've contributed and the process works, right? So, I mean, some of the biggest impact I've had in my life, in my success has less to do with my direct success and more to do with seeing the impact on others when they see a new tool or process that they can implement just as somebody showed me one time. That is like the greatest circle of life ever to see somebody implement something, find success, and then do what with it? Tell somebody else how to do it. When we roll it all the way back, that's what my life has become is this taking and realizing that somebody wanted to invest in me and taking that same mindset, investing in somebody else and helping them see that their process isn't done until they've invested in somebody else. That is the most beautiful and amazing feeling ever because Vicki Walker with the mortgage company I worked at at one time had no idea the train she was starting. She had no idea how many people her effort in helping me, how many people we could set on a path to find their success. And so I know it sounds like an after-school special a little bit, but my greatest source of pride is that I've been able to put help people because they did all the work themselves, but help put people on a path 
that can dramatically change their life. Not everybody has the same, you know, definition of success. Not everybody needs the same dollar amount in their pocket. It's not about that. It's about them finding the success they need, whatever that is, and helping them, helping them get there. That's like the most feel good thing I could possibly imagine in my life. And like I said, not to beat the dead horse here, but Vicki Walker had no idea that's what she was building. I love that, Charles. And I mean, like you've helped so many people and I'm, I adore, <laughs> I adore it. And like, what would be your biggest piece of advice to any entrepreneur out there, whether real estate or not? Like what would be the number one thing that they should know was something to do? It was funny because somebody asked me that question five years ago on a, on a recording and the same answer stays true. My greatest piece of advice for anybody in any entrepreneur, entrepreneurial endeavor is going to be number one, and this sounds oversimplified, but be prepared. Be prepared to understand that sometimes there is financial needs that will go into creating a business. I think people really need to know their target audience, their demographic, whatever their whatever their thing is that they're trying to push forward. I see a big mistake when people go in blind just because they want to do something, but they didn't necessarily do the research to make sure that they had the proper foundation. So, you know, in the real estate space or in any other entrepreneurial endeavor, there's usually some sort of financial need in the beginning. It's not always going to cost you a million dollars to start a business, but there's not a whole lot of businesses that are cash flowing within the first two to three months. There's a level of investment, whether it be time, whether it be energy, whether it be finances. So be prepared. And the best way to be prepared is to understand exactly what you're getting into. And more importantly, what pain point are you trying to solve for your client? That could be for any business. The number two thing is Find a group of people to surround yourself with. You do not have to do this journey alone. The biggest points in my life where my business really catapulted to a next level was when I had people that weren't necessarily in the same industry, but were like-minded. People that I could talk to, whether it be masterminds that I was a part of, whether it be the group of, uh, uh, I started this group in Jacksonville called the Bold City Collective, which was a just a group of entrepreneurs that got together and did coffee once a month, right? All we did was just do coffee. And then we did this little hot seat exercise. Everybody likes to beat their chest and talk about how great they are, right? But our hot seat exercise was you got to sit up in front of the group and all you could do was tell us what was, what was wrong in your business. Wow. That's it. No boast, no brag. What's wrong? And because as I said earlier, we're all in the same battle, customer attraction and customer retention. You might have a little nugget that would come from somebody else because everybody in the group that was not in the hot seat, our entire goal that day was to help that person, right? That was the whole goal. So find that group of people that you can be around, whether it be that a, a friend, a family member, if you can't find a group, create a group, right? That There was no group. The group I was looking for didn't exist in my town. So I created it. And so I would say, be prepared for whatever endeavor you're getting into, know your audience, know your finances, know your metrics, and do not be afraid to ask for help. Surround yourself with like-minded people, read books, do all that stuff, just fully immerse yourself. I see a lot of people that their biggest struggle is not a passion, but it's a lack of commitment. And realizing that anything, most things worth having are not just going to fall in your lap. You know, you really, you have to work for it. Not everything's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Some things are simply going to cost you immense time. 
So be prepared, surround yourself with the right people and go all in. That's honestly, it's very basic. I don't, I wish I had some great, you know, slogan or something on the wall back here, some inspirational thing, but I find the basics are really where, you know, when things fall apart, it's because they didn't focus on the basics. They didn't know their audience. They didn't know their metrics. They tried to do it alone. They didn't ask for help and they didn't go all in. Right. So I would say, follow those three basics and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Are you going to find the, are you lifestyles of rich and famous after a year? Probably not but I bet you'll be on the right path. I bet you'll be happy. I bet you'll be moving in the right direction. And that's it. I mean, we hear that all the time, you know, it's like, do I want to make a gazillion dollars this year? Of course I do. Am I going to? Probably not. However, my goal is if I can get 1% better every single day, it's a 365% improvement every single year. If that's your mindset, taking these little baby steps, it's hard not to improve. It's hard not to find yourself on a path that is very sustainable and replicatable, duplicatable. And all of a sudden, the best thing in the world happens. People are watching you. Makes it a lot harder to fail at that point because now you got people that maybe are counting on you, looking to you for inspiration, right? It's so the moment you can push all this together and really push forward, you start having that impact on others, whether you mean to or not. People just see it, they feel it, they want to be a part of it. And so, yeah, that would be my best advice is just really stick to the basics, do the basics really well. I love that, Charles. <laughs> and like, this is my favorite question too, which okay. I love and that I always, always ask. So Charles, what would you tell, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Oh my God. First off, don't be stupid on boats. Um, <laughs> but uh, beyond old person and it is, I am getting old. I should be able to share this. Uh, you know, I would say it kind of goes hand in hand with what I just said. I, you know, when I first got into the business, I had this desire, man, I think it was because I, I didn't go to college full time. I didn't graduate. Right. In the back of my mind, I thought I was less than right. I was never going to be what I was supposed to be because at that time college was everything. And so my mindset was I had to be amazing out of the gate. And so I think in the beginning part of my career, I took some risks that were less calculated than they should have been. Fortunately, I was young and durable, so I survived. But I would say my older self would tell my younger self, you don't have to win the race tomorrow. You just need to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And to stop comparing yourself with who somebody is today, you need to compare yourself with who you were yesterday. That That's it, right? We get so hung up, especially in today's world. Look at this person on Instagram. Look at this person on Facebook. They're living this life that I, it's all crap, by the way. But the reality is, is too many times, especially in today's world, we're comparing to some figment of our imagination of, of who we think somebody is today when the real journey, the real process is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not who somebody else is today. So I, I think that would be the biggest thing I would tell myself is you don't have to win the race today, but you do need to be better than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. I love that, Charles. I love that. You're so <laughs> full of inspiration and seriously, you are. And I'm like so excited what's happening in your future because you're working on so many things. So like what's happening in your world, Charles, in the next like six months, like what's going on? So I'm in the real estate business still. I am working. I have a business partner, Sheila Fajeron, and we run a very, very large organization within eXp. Our focus has been 
making sure anybody that's anywhere in our ecosystem has the tools and systems they need to replicate our business. Sheila is an amazing partner that I just tangled up with, honestly, by luck. We happen to be in the right place at the right time at the same time, and we just connected. And But we have very similar visions in that our goal is to help others elevate. And if we help enough, uh, it's kind of like a, we, we bonded over a Zig Ziglar quote, right? And I'm going to well, say paraphrase because I'm going to murder the quote. But basically, if we help enough people get what they want, organically, we're going to get what we want. And so we literally have built our entire business model based on that belief if that if I can create systems, processes, and tools to help people, again, elevate their business, then that's where we want to be. So, you know, without getting too general or too focused, rather, we've got some really great tools and systems that will help people, you know, run their day-to-day business, uh, generate leads, new business, you know, whether that be landing pages, websites, you know, marketing funnels, all these different things. We realize that in this industry, there is no shortage of people out there with their hand trying to put it in your pocket, right? It's, you know, we're paying a hundred for this, 500 for this. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's endless. And so we are very determined to create a system and a world in which we don't have to dig in your pocket. You do not invest your money to tangle up with us. You do invest a little bit of time, right? We're going to give you the tools and the systems, and then you ultimately learn it at your pace, right? So over the next, I would say six months, I would, I am anticipating a shift in our business and our organization that will be larger than the previous five years. And that is because now we're, we're, we're good. I mean, we're big. We have almost 15,000 people in our organization at this point, which is just amazing. And, and so we're incredibly blessed to even be in this position, but over the next six months, my goal is to, I would like to see that number be closer to 18 to 20,000 people, right? So we have huge growth numbers, but more important than the growth numbers is to be able to impact as many of those people that are currently with us as possible, making sure that I can help them grow at the pace they want to grow. Because again, when they succeed, we succeed. And so our focus over the next, not even just this next six months, man, but our, our focus in general is really to care less about what our uh, deposits look like in our bank account and be more focused about what the deposits in our agents' bank accounts look like. Because if that's right, we're going to be right. Right. So the focus is always downhill. It's always on our people. It's always on uh, how can we best support them. And, you know, in this industry, it's real easy to say, you know, our highest and best value is coaching. But we're also in a world where just go to YouTube, right? There's a million people, a million coaches that are going to say the same thing that I might have said to you. And honestly, probably more eloquently and articulately than I would say it. So while I I feel like we have some insight and, and value to offer people through coaching, I think our highest and best use is actually helping people set up their, their business to be successful from a systems and processes standpoint. Because over the years and talking with as many people as we've had the pleasure of speaking with, we realize that's where most people fall apart. They've got the passion, they've got the desire, but they, they're running a business with put hold together by bubblegum and duct tape. Right. I mean, so that's the real focus is if we can help you have a solid foundation, a solid business to match your passion, sky's the limit. So without having a, a it's giving you an ultra broad thing over the next six months, my, my vision is to impact more people than I've impacted in my entire life over the next six months. Uh, and we're good. We have a, we have a game plan. We have a system. We have the tools. 
Uh, so now it's just about execution. It's about following everything we've said on this the show here today and get it done, execute, understand our audience, understand the pain point we can solve and just get it done. I would say to sum it up the next six months, relentless effort. That is what the next six months looks like. I love that, Josh. I can't <laughs> wait to see where you guys come up and continue to grow. And like, I know that expansion, that growth is happening without a doubt. Honestly, oh man, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm yeah, so we're excited. actually really excited too. And honestly, having having people like you in our in our space that, that you know, growth minded people, that's that's the beautiful thing about where we're at, Pam, is that we are surrounded by people that have a growth mindset, right? And so when you bring that power together and you have multiple people that are all focused on growth, not everybody has the same path to get there, but there is so much value that we can all take away from just surrounding ourselves with other people that are actively getting after it. You know, so that's, I mean, obviously, you know, toot your horn a little bit. That's why we, we love, you know, being around you. I mean, you're very inspirational. Heck the, the show. I mean, the fact that just what the message that you're bringing to people is so impactful. And so we're trying to do that in our own way. Right. So I think it's uh, you know, we're all excited to be in business with each other. And I think that is just an incredible ecosystem and, and thing to be a part of. I mean, it's just talk about a feel good. I mean, just knowing everybody's getting it. I mean, it's just great. It's awesome. Absolutely. Oh, Charles, you're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> and because you're amazing, you've got to let everyone know where to find you. Cause I'm sure so many people are going to want to connect with you after, <laughs> after hearing your interview. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously we're you know on the social media space. Um, I am anywhere you look for me. I'm just Charles Boyette, uh, except on Instagram, I am Charles Boyette.avl for Asheville, North Carolina, where I live. And then of course, Charles Boyette.com. We have, you know, our, uh, our new initiative, our marketing system or agent launchpad.io. That's our marketing system that we're putting out there for everybody. But personally, I would love to connect with people on Facebook, on Instagram. And so just search Charles Boyette and you'll find a lot. You'll find a lot. <laughs> You're amazing, Charles. Thank you so much for my your pleasure. inspiration, your story. Everything today was incredible. Thank you so, so much, my friend. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love.